Welcome to the Monkey House. It's me here in the year 2024. And I'm about to be in Sydney and Brisbane. Sydney from the 8th to the 12th of May. Brisbane from the 16th to the 19th of May doing my show, Drier Drier, at the respective comedy festivals in those cities. But I'm also, uh, while I'm up there, I figured I had a couple of days to kill. So I'm doing a Who Knew It With Matt Stewart on Monday the 13th of May at the Chippendale Hotel and in Brisbane at Good Chat Comedy on the 14th of May. And you can get tickets for all of that. Now, go to mattstewartcomedy.com for the links. mattstewartcomedy.com. Now, on with the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates, the podcast where we explore primates in popular culture from chimpanzee all the way down to chimpanzee. Uh, this week, it's a little bit of a bonus episode where I'm going to be going through and doing some AMAs. Ask Matt anything. I'm Matt, host of the show, Matt Stewart. Welcome. Uh, we're coming up to the, the 100th episode where we're going to have a break after that. So uh, this doesn't count in that number. Uh, this is just an extra little uh, morsel of goodness. Um, I'm taping it on my webcam as well, so it's possibly going to be up on my YouTube channel where I'm starting to put up bits and pieces on there, so please do check that out if that interests you at all, seeing what this dumb voice looks like. Well, it's coming out of a dumb head. Uh, so if you want to find that, it's youtube.com slash Matt Stewart. So I'm going to be uh, answering some questions I asked uh, listeners and some of the Patreons to... Uh, hit me up with some questions. I uh, said they can be about anything at all, um, and I haven't read them yet. So I imagine, sorry, that I'm just having a having a, a couple of beers tonight as I go through the, uh, this episode. This one's a Mr. Banks Oatmeal Stout. Cannot wait to taste its deliciousness, but that's by the by. So let's get into the questions. First one comes from Nick Lean. He asks, we all know your favourite state in America, but what's your favourite county in England? And if not Cornwall, then why? Okay. Well, everyone knows my favourite state in America, I'm guessing, is Ohio. Um, obviously, my favourite city is Gary, Indiana. Uh, my least favourite county of England. That's a tricky one. I would honestly have to say I have no idea. I've enjoyed all the places I've gone to, and I love a Cornish pasty. So, Nick, I'm I'm afraid that I can't back you up there. I think Cornwall is not too bad. I spent, I think, a day there. Went on a day trip from Devon, where I spent a bit of time, what, a lifetime ago when I first went overseas. I spent a, a good month or two in Devon and had a great time uh, and had a few day trips to Cornwall. 
And yeah, no complaints. So sorry about that, Nick. I think Cornwall is pretty all right. Uh, Linda Moulton, who I know we met, we've met a few times. She's come to a few of my stand-up shows and she's also, I believe, over in Thailand when Dugan went over to do the uh, the Koh Samui Podcast Festival. Linda asks, if you could pick three non-human primates to be quarantined with, what would they be and why? Oh, what would they be? So that's sort of species-wise. Interesting question. Um, I'd have to say... You know, you you want some, you want some, uh, probably you want some of the higher apes, you know, the ones slightly more evolved. If I, I should say I'm not a scientist, but I'd say I'd go with some of the classics. Bonobo, you know, maybe three bonobos. Is that possible? Because they just, they're happy. They'll be boning each other, having a good time. If we get the chimps in, they'll probably start trouble. Even though Caesar, unless Caesar was there from the Planet of the Apes reboots. Tricky question, Linda. I know you're trying to get me in a trap here. Uh, <laughs> if I could um, have a preference, it would probably be to go with human primates. I know I'm sounding a little bit like Evan Munro Smith there, but uh, yeah, just to hang out with for a long period of time. Tricky one. Um, what about someone like a gorilla grod who's an intelligent gorilla? Uh, so much so, though, that he's he's quite evil. So, yeah, that's a sort of a poison chalice, that one. Although maybe he'd be good conversationally. Uh, Jesse Martin asks, Where did your original love of primates come from and why? Um, well, obviously, I love primates more than anything. Uh, I think the reason that this podcast started was because I really enjoyed, and I was surprised by how much I enjoyed the Planet of the Apes reboot series. I don't think I'd thought about uh, primates that much prior to that, but it really sparked something in me. And, um, yeah, I love those films, and I've loved some of the other films I've talked about as well. Uh, Matilde McKinnes writes, Favourite thing to do at Melbourne Zoo? Uh, Matilde writes that she's going to get a membership when the coronavirus is over, or the corner, as she calls it. Love that lingo. Well... Uh, I've been a few times. I'm a member there. So, sorry to brag. I got the Three Park Super Pass. I'd say, geez, it's a tough one. The butterfly enclosure is pretty full on. That's fun. You go in there, it's a bit warmer, and the butterflies just get all over you. I quite like that. Um, <laughs> they're going to see the gorillas, obviously, a real thrill. Seeing those uh, big, beautiful beasts in, the, in action. I mean, probably not. Action's overstating it sort of inaction seeing them in inaction is something to behold the silverbacks and all loving that yeah um i've been there a few times and it's been pretty a lot of chilled out animals it it does seem like one of the better zoos around uh not one of these sort of tiger king roadside zoo type setups uh but yeah i would definitely i'd recommend go and have a look matilda and the membership is good value you get to go to all three of the main melbourne ones uh, as much as you like throughout the year. And I think if you go two or three times in a year, it's bloody paid for itself. Uh, this message was not um, paid for by the zoos. Beck Taylor asks, favorite gig and why? That is, that's a big question. Um, I think for a long time I've said, I, uh, I went to a secret TISM gig when they were warming up for what became their last tour. 
was at the Tote, like an iconic Melbourne pub and venue that's been around for 40 years. And that was amazing. It just felt so up close and personal. And um, yeah, this the smallest venue that they would have played in. Well, the smallest venue I ever saw them play in anyway. Um, and yeah, that was amazing. But then on the other end of the scale, over the summer, I saw a cold chisel who I, some people who listen to one of my other podcasts called Listen Now might know that I've uh, had a bit of a love affair with uh, Cold Chisel starting with that podcast. And, um, yeah, I'd say that show blew my mind. It was amazing. And that was outside of Geelong. They were supported by Paul Kelly, and it was was epic. Such a great night. Um, Yeah. They're they're two two that come to mind. Nick Cave, I've seen a few times as well, has been pretty great um, at, one in particular, maybe at the Sydney Meyer Music Bowl. I remember it was the first time I'd seen him play Jubilee Street live. And that just, you know, there's sometimes you feel like you're watching music and you feel like you're floating in the air. That was amazing. A bunch of old metal shows I've seen, which were pretty great. I remember Children of Bodom at the Corner Hotel was a real fun show. Um, Suicidal Tendencies at, uh, what's that, it's that, it's a joint in the city that changed its name so much. I can't remember what it's called now, but uh, it, uh, uh, what's that bloody? Anyway, doesn't matter. That was another great show. Probably too many to mention really, but yeah, I've had a, I've had a lot of great experiences at live music, a bunch of them at the corner hotel and the hi-fi bar. Um, yeah. Queens of the Stone Age a few times, always knock it out of the park. Eagles of death metal. It's a band related to them. Um, Yes, yeah, Soundgarden at the My Music Bowl. I don't know. The list goes on. Um, I actually saw Belinda Carlisle at the zoo. And that was that was pretty great too. Uh, I I rarely see a bad show. Uh, Linda has come back with a second question. If you could learn to play any instrument, what would it be? Um, well, my shitty bass, which is uh, sitting behind me somewhere over there. Um, I'd love to be able to play that half decently. That would be really good. And I'm so close to it. There's also, uh, I inherited a piano and accordion from my pop. Um, he was a great musician and, uh, I gave it a bit of a crack, but Jesus, it was, it was tough from someone coming from no, you know, even basic music, musical experience. Uh, that was a battle. So I'm holding onto it. Hopefully they're going to, find the time someday to really get into it or give it to someone who will um, uh, use it appropriately, you know, for what it deserves or whatever. Uh, Seamus Treyer says, rank the Aussie states and territories from favourite to Queensland. Uh, that's another one who's, who's uh, put a, a state or county in the shit. More of a shot at Queensland than a question, really. That's a tough question. I love Queensland, Seamus. Um I don't think I could rank them because I I genuinely enjoy visiting all the Australian states and territories. Um, yeah, and Queensland is one of my favourite places to visit. Brisbane I get to a lot and I love it. So sorry that I can't back you up there. Um, there's sort of, yeah, I don't think there's any part of Australia that's way greater or way shitter than anywhere else necessarily, even though Queensland does cop it a bit. Uh, I think it's, I mean, it's got the, it's the most beautiful sort of beaches and forests and all this sort of stuff. And then Brisbane's a great metropolis. So I don't know. Uh, Tegan 
Longman asks, what's been some of your favorite episodes you've done of Primates and why? Um, off the top of my head, a couple of my favorites just from the guests have been pretty surreal. When Tony Martin was on with Josh Earl, that episode was great. Um, he's a comedy hero of mine. And then Damien Cow coming on to talk about the monkeys. Uh, he's the singer from Tism. So that was wild to be able to have him on. Uh, so they're definitely two of my favorites. I think uh, some of the Getting Fruity episodes were so much fun. Well, both of them, I've had a lot of fun. Well, any of those episodes with Jackson and Adam are just, uh, they're so joyous. I love hanging out with them. I'd say uh, the Harry and the Hendersons episode was a lot of fun. That was right up there. Um, yeah, so many, so many that I've enjoyed. Uh, it's hard to split them, but there's a few definitely that come to front of mind. I love the ones with Al and Andy about the... Um, What's his name? Uh, Robert Vince, the auteur. And I think just between you and me, I think that's probably going to be a hundred episode. A hundred is going to be one last going around of a Robert Vince film uh, called Spy Mate. Yeah, sounds good. I can't wait to watch. Um, thanks, Tegan. Ben Johnson. I've met, I've met half these people. Uh, Tegan, I, I see up in Tegan's from Brisbane. No, the Gold Coast, sorry. And she would she'd be furious about that Queensland bashing from earlier. Ben Johnson, Englishman, uh, writes: How long will the primatus primate hiatus be? And what about getting fruity? Thanks. Um, it's a bit of an indefinite uh, primatus at the moment, Ben. We'll see how we go. I'd I'd love to come back to it after a while. I think we just need to give it a rest for a bit, and um, yeah, maybe even do a couple of episodes here and there. I'd love to maybe come back and do an episode about King Kong versus Godzilla, which is coming out later this year. I don't know, but I'll see. I have a funny feeling that no one's going to miss it, and maybe it'll just get forgotten about. But if people bug me about it, I'm sure it'll come back before too long. Uh, and getting fruity, yeah, I. I got this vague idea about starting a podcast feed that's just doesn't have quite as many rules and limitations, and then I can just do a getting fruity one week. I mean, I do that on primates anyway, but um, yeah, I don't know. I got to figure it out. Uh, but I'm looking forward to. We're going to start another season of Listen Now coming up, and I've been doing these Matt chats on the on the YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Matt Stewart, um, and I'm hoping to do a few more of those, at least one one a week for a little while. So, yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff going on. Thanks for asking. Cheers, Ben. Uh, David Brown asks, whose number was on your footy jumper as a kid and what footy team does Evan support? Oh, I wish Evan was here. I did, I mean, in my shed. I did try and record this with Evan earlier today, but he is flat chat with a bunch of uh, editing work that he's got. It's stupid old, unfortunately. Um, I'm pretty sure... I've asked him before, and he absolutely has no interest in football, but I'm pretty sure he's a Saints supporter. So that's kind of cool. Um, and my jumper, the first one I ever had, at least, uh, which I had for a few years, um, was number four. And it was actually Stephen Kernahan from the Carlton Football Club, who I backed for the first few years of my life before um, we moved to Melbourne and uh, one of my uncles took me aside and he said hey matt um you don't go for carlton anymore you go for st kilda and i said oh okay john and um 
my mum, who's a Carlton supporter, must have broken her heart. She's the only other person in the family who actually gives a shit about football. She unstitched the number four off the back of the Carlton jumper and stitched it onto a Saints jumper, and it became Tony Plugger Lockets, the legendary all-time greatest goal kicker in football. So very lucky to have been going to those games in the early 90s and seeing him in action. Uh, Timothy Williams asks... Three, oh, he doesn't ask. He's telling me. Uh, here are another three bad monkey jokes. Thanks, Tim. Number one, what do you call a monkey in a tree? The branch manager. <laughs> All right. Uh, number two, where do monkeys go to drink? The monkey bars. And finally, how do you catch a monkey? Climb a tree and act like a banana. That is good stuff. Um, I don't know if I'm starved for live comedy right now, but that is, that's funny and funny is funny. You can't argue with that. And he says a quick quote to finish off. Monkey see, monkey do, monkey pee, monkey poo. Thank you and good night. That is a tight set, Tim. I think that that should definitely open up your next comedy special. Connor Tyrrell asks... If you couldn't have been a self-made amateur primatologist, what would your ideal career have been? Ah, oh, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like I'm partially doing it um, uh, with comedy and the other bits and pieces. Just uh, that's, yeah, I'm, really I'm doing what I want to be doing, which I feel very lucky. Um, yeah, I, I, I've... Growing up, I had a bunch of different ideas of what I wanted to be. I had, you know, no idea what reality was, but uh, that changed a lot. I used to love drawing. So a teacher who thought they were helping me told me I should become an architect because they draw. And which is wild advice to look back on. You know how you love creating and drawing? Well, here's a job that it, you get to draw lines and stuff and take measurements. I mean, not that architecture isn't creative, but... It's very different to what I was keen on. But anyway, I, as a kid, I was uh, very suggestible. And I said, oh, okay, sir, or whoever it was. And that was that was my career goal, briefly. Um, Nick Brennan asks, sorry, I'll keep moving through these because uh, I'm just realizing there's quite a few of them. Nick asks, which guests did you enjoy the most on the show? I Yeah, that's tricky, but I think I kind of answered that before. But, I, you know, every guest I've had on has been either a good friend or a hero so um, i've enjoyed them all and he also asked do you think you'll be able to get erica fleury on again uh before your hiatus i hope so yeah we've been talking about it and she's keen so we just have to find a time but i'm pretty sure that'll happen and hopefully i'll get her on the uh, matt chat show as well if she's up for that um yeah she's one of my favorite guests as well it's cool to have someone on who knows what they're talking about uh, which is an, a nice change. Uh, so yeah, I think that I think that's very possible. Matthew Webb, one of the great men of the Melbourne comedy scene, asks two words: circus watch. All right, let me Google to see what Andy's been up to. Uh, no one's been getting onto me lately about him much. Okay. Um, he's been in the. He's. I mean, he's always in the news. Uh, but there's an article from 18 minutes ago. This is hot off the press. And uh, it's from Broadway World. And it says, Andy Circus will read 
the entirety of The Hobbit online for charity. Andy Serkis has announced that he will be doing a live reading of the entirety of J.R.R. Tolkien's novel The Hobbit online for charity. Quote, So many of us are struggling in isolation during the lockdown, Serkis said in the video announcement posted on social media. While times are tough, I want to take you on one of the greatest fantasy adventures ever written, a 12-hour armchair marathon across Middle-earth whilst raising money for two amazing charities which are doing extraordinarily are doing extraordinary work right now to help those most in need. What a bloody legend, Andy Circus. Uh, charities are NHS Charities Together and Best Beginnings. So, yeah, look that up if you're keen on that. Um, it's Well, that's going to be... If you're listening to this straight away, it's going to be coming up today, I think. Friday, English time. And I'll be posting this Thursday night, Australia time. So... Yeah, if you can, that sounds fun. Uh, thank you, Matthew, for that question. Siraj Paris asks, and Siraj, one of the great supporters of the show, he writes, aside from live streams, obviously, what activity have you taken up during lockdown that you would continue when things are normal, in inverted commas? Also, live streams. I think, yeah, I think um, for those who don't know, with Do Go On, one of the other podcasts I do, we did some live streams because all our live shows were cancelled we had a heap of tours and live shows planned this year so instead we were able to uh, put on these live streams which was so much fun we all love doing them and I think a lot of people watching seem to really enjoy them as well and I think we will do more of that later um, even after lockdown I think Uh, what else have I been doing that I might do I'm trying to exercise more frequently and that's, I mean, I've always tried to exercise more frequently, but I, I hopefully will use this momentum where I've, I've had night times free or more free to uh, go for runs and that sort of stuff. And I'm hopefully I'll, I'll keep that up once I get out. What else? I'm doing some of this YouTube stuff as well. I think I'll keep going with some of that. It's sort of been fun. I just didn't have the time to do that before lockdown. So it's been fun to be able to try and uh, learn a few other skills like a bit of light editing and that sort of stuff i'm no evan munro smith but uh i'm working on it yeah thanks siraj scott coventry writes uh we know you love primates scott you know it it's nothing could be clearer that i definitely love primates uh but if you had to make a podcast about your second favorite animals in popular culture what would it be well you know, this might just be me, but I actually think humans are the real animals. Do you think we could make a podcast about them, humans in popular culture? It's just so crazy it might work. Uh, the obvious one would be dogs. I don't, I'm not, I've never had a dog. I don't have a real interest in dogs. I like, I, you know, I like meeting them occasionally, but um, they, they can be fun in film. What other birds? Birds in film? Maybe? It's a bloody good question. I think someone suggested a while back that I'd do a, a spin-off show called Marsupi Pals, and it'd be all about marsupials. Uh, you know, Skippy the bush kangaroo, Rocky from the wallaby from Rocco, Rocco, sorry, from Rocco's Modern Life. The list goes on. I reckon it could almost be a 10-episode series, probably. Uh, the episode of The Simpsons about the opossums. I wonder if American possums are also marsupials. Surely be too much of a coincidence even though they are weird way uglier 
Yeah, that's right. We got pretty cute possums in Australia. Um, uh, Olivia, Oliver. Oh no, couple beers down and things are getting a little looser. Oliver Petterplatt writes, "What will you be doing during your time off from primates?" Um, got ideas for. I'm trying to think about that. You know, I I love starting things up and then, and I also am pretty good at committing to them. So it, it just how much time I've got to commit to all these different things. Bringing Listen Now back for another season. It's obviously going to take up a chunk of time. Um, doing the, the video uh, interviews. But I, I do have some plans. Maybe it won't be weekly. or I'm not sure. But at this uh, concept for a show called Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. And it'll be about a different broad topic each week. And I'd have guests on and I'd get the listeners to send in facts through a form about a different topic each week. And then uh, I'd read through the facts with some funny guests and we just sort of bounce off these facts, tell some stories related and then finish with a quiz. That's, I think that's a cool idea for a show. Uh, hardly groundbreaking, but I think it could be really good fun and and it would also give the opportunity to do about any topics which i like the idea of including primates of course or a new movie comes out that i want to talk about or you know the grand finals come up in the footy or and you know a band's um just broken up we could do you know it could be about anything i'm thinking in my head the obvious ones like countries you know topics that are too big for do go on maybe an episode would be about italy so which is facts about italy that is not a great pitch uh, I reckon if I ever get around to making the show, uh, it'll be better than it sounds, hopefully. Um, cheers, Oliver. Zoe Florence writes, Would you rather... Okay, fun. Would you rather have opposable toes or be the only person on Earth to have them? Wait, hang on. Let me try again. Have opposable toes and be the only person on Earth to have them or have everybody be born with a tail? If I had a tail... Um, yeah, all right, everybody has a tail or have opposable toes and be the only one. I mean, yeah, the good thing about the toe thing is you could just, you know, you can hide them in socks and shoes if if you're shy about it. And they do so much for you, but would people see you as a freak and who gives a fuck if they did? I'm taking the toes, baby. Sorry to call you baby, Zoe. That was more of a, you know, a a baby to the world rather than you in particular. Uh, Great question, though but I think I'm going for the toes. Liz Lefafar. It's got a fantastic name. Writes, you, Dave and Jess. So these are the other hosts from Do Go On. Swap jobs slash lives for a week. Which of their jobs would you want to do? And would you choose to live with Jess's partner or Dave's dog? Okay. Well, they both have great jobs. Jess uh, works on the radio at Triple J, which is growing up was one of my favorite radio stations. So that would be a real dream. Uh, being an old man now, I think I've sort of, I've sort of uh, had that pass me by, but because um, uh, it's a youth radio station. But uh, yeah, that'd be really cool if I could magic my way in there. Um, and the but Dave works at the project. It's like one of the, you know, the it's the only six night a week comedy show in Australia. So comedy news, it's news done differently. If I can put it in those sort of terms. Um, and he gets to ride and um, work with great comedians on that as well. I mean, both great jobs. I'd take either of those, really. Uh, Jess's partner, he's an amazing guy. Would 
I'd love to live with him. Dave's dog, also great. This is a tough call. How about I say I'll live with Jess's partner and do Dave's dog, but I could, vice versa, would I'd be equally happy. Great question, Liz. You've sort of got the would you rather thing wrong because they're both meant to be fucked options, but you gave me two great options. I'd be happy either way. Philip Vborn writes, how do you make a successful podcast about primates and popular culture from chimpanzee all the way to chimpan... Uh, as we say in Sweden, it's pronounced ooh. So there's, I mean, I mean, you can't see me reading that, but he's written some of those uh, words differently. Chimpans with an S instead of the chimpanzee thing. That's good fun. I, I want to go to Sweden. I want to be able to say that in Sweden to a chimpans. Chimpanu. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. Oh, how do I make a successful podcast? I don't know. Let me know. If you find out how to make a successful podcast about primates and popular culture, let me know and I'll get onto that. I'd love to do one. Um, Jordan Nassi writes, not a question, but you should listen to Sabaton. Sabaton. They're an incredible Swedish metal band. Thank you, Jordan, for the tip. I know they do metal pretty well up there. Isaac Kingy writes, if you... If your superpower was to transform into any primates, which would you choose? Any primates. If your superpower was to transform into any primates, which would you choose? Huh, I guess. I mean, it'd depend on the scenario. Uh, probably Caesar from the rebooted Planet of the Apes. Great leader. Great man. Uh, you know, I'd have... Andy Circus controlling me. I love everything about that scenario. Isaac, great question. And I don't want to sound arrogant, but great answer. Jordan asks, well, Jordan's gone nuts here. I'll, I'm going to have to keep mo moving, Jordan, but I'll, I'll see if I can just get through some of these uh, fast for you. Jordan, he asks, cats or dogs? Uh, I live with a cat. I'll say cats, but I, I like them and... You know, I'm I'm relatively ambivalent about both, but I feel I don't dislike them. It just I'm not I don't feel passionate on that one. But yeah, both feel good. <laughs> uh, in the wild, you know, you got the they're, they're they're the ones that maybe interest me more. The big cats, how sick are they? And then like wild dogs and stuff. There was this story about the 1904 Olympic marathon where one of the runners. <laughs> got uh, chased off course by a pack of wild dogs. And, uh, yeah, that's fu that's a fun anecdote. Anyway, uh, he also asked, what did your dream car? I was that funny. I just came back from a, a run uh, earlier this evening, and I, I saw one of them. It was a late 60s Ford Falcon. But I reckon anywhere from the late 60s through to late 70s, any of those Falcons I'd take. Uh, so many beautiful cars in that era. And uh, I think I'm going to make it happen one day if I ever get some money and time to work on a really old car uh, and learn how to work on a really old car. Did I have any childhood pets? No, never had a pet. My sister had some fish briefly, uh, which if my show wasn't cancelled this year, I, I talked about that, funnily enough. Uh, he also asks, stand-up show that is, but maybe I think some of that material will carry over to next year. Uh, first thing you'll do when quarantine is over? I don't know. Probably similar. It won't be that far different, but I am looking forward to 
catching up with some friends that I haven't been able to see in person, go to a pub. Uh, yeah, these sorts of things. Just probably pretty boring answers, really. But um, go to the movies will be nice. Uh, where's Getting Fruity with Matt and the Boys? At that, I'm hoping to do one last one on, on the Primates feed if I can get the others into it. But I find that the doing uh, podcast via streaming on zoom or whatever one-on-one works okay but the more you get in the clumsier it feels so doing it with four of us i think i think that's going to be tricky i'd love to do it in the same room as them and the way australia is going that might be possible sooner rather than later but i'm i don't i'm not going to be jumping ahead of uh the advice on that for sure um try i'm going to be pretty conservative with that sort of stuff i think um Callum Phil writes, favorite Queens of the Stone Age record. Ooh. The one that really, I mean, it's hard to go past rated R. Or no, well, Songs for the Deaf is probably their best album, I guess. But I think they're so consistent. I think Era Vulgaris, which is probably seen as one of their worst albums, I think is awesome. Which, yeah, is probably unpopular opinion. That's, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm a shock jock. Um, Lullabies to Paralyze was the one that probably, well, that was the first tour that I saw them on. So the other one sort of holds a special place in my heart. And I had that playing in headphones when I had my wisdom teeth taken out. That's a fun anecdote. Um, favorite new bands in general. Uh, okay. Good question. I love, um, Amal and the Sniffers. They're relatively new. Just got, had one album out. They're a local band who are very fun sort of garagey uh pub rocky punky band um that's been idols relatively new they're not super new and they're not bands that everyone's heard of those guys probably um but yeah good question callum without notice i really wish i read some of these ahead of time so i could um could have some more time to think about it jordan again geez jordan you got some questions he asks any tips for an incredibly boring job uh i've done a few of those i used to work at a super, i worked at a supermarket for nine years when i was a kid and i i used to listen to so i'd mentioned before that i had tony martin on the show a while back i used to uh have headphones in in the mid when he was he used to do a show called get this which is sort of an iconic cult iconic radio show in australia uh that was on i guess 10 bit 10 ish years ago and yeah i just i'd listen to that and that really got me through some of those push and trolley shifts um but it depends on your job if you can listen to stuff that definitely helps pass time for me or you know think about dreams uh think about where you want to be and what you what you want to do and how you can get there depends on what the job is if it's something if you find uh, you know being a surgeon boring i'd just focus on saving that life really but i'm guessing that's not what you're meaning by boring job i'm not sure juliet curran asks if you had to choose a primate besides human to play for the saints which would play the best and the worst i guess you want i mean there's a stereotype of the big fullbacks they call them the big gorillas so I reckon a, a gorilla as a big um, big fullback defender 
be a good call. I'd say the worst would be something like a pygmy marmoset. They'd get absolutely dominated on the ball. I, I bet you they could hardly even get their hands on the ball. Like, literally wouldn't be able to... The balls are pretty big. So, good question, though. Uh, Juliet also asks, if you could have a pet monkey, would you? No, I, I wouldn't. I think I think that's a bit off. And I've learnt that more and more uh, through talking to Erica Fleury from the NAPSA. And, yeah, I don't... I was... I wasn't fully ignorant about it before, but I do, you know, I try to be good to animals. And, yeah, it sounds like pet monkeys is a real no-no. So, I mean, even though, yeah, it's, I can see why it sounds fun, uh, but it also it just makes no sense. It's, yeah. I, what I would do is have Andy Circus in a ball suit playing a 3D monkey in my house. Yes, that I would do for sure, Juliet. Uh, and she also asks... What band you love had an album you hated? Uh, oh, well, the one that comes front of mind, I was just had music playing on Shuffle earlier today and St. Anger came on by Metallica. I really tried to like that album. I even think I convinced myself I liked it for a while. But, yeah, that I think I'd like every other album of theirs. To, you know, it's all on a spectrum. Um, they're great stuff, some of the greatest um, metal ever made. And then they've got some stuff that's a bit lower, like, you know, the some of that 90s stuff I, don't, I didn't love. Uh, but St. Anger, is, that's a hard listen, I'd say. So that's what comes first to mind. There'd be other ones in there for sure. Um, Nathan Bauer asks, do you think Evan is uh, speciest and that's why he simply refuses to admit that any ape is better than Andy from Toy Story despite the overwhelming amount of evidence? Oh, uh, wish Evan was here. But uh, yes, I think he is speciest. I think, Nathan, you've got him. And I wish he was here as well so that he would have to answer that. But unfortunately, like a coward, he is working on something that probably matters more than this. Um, Nick Flanders Farmer asks, what are your biggest regrets with the pod? Hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure. Maybe planning it out a bit more. So that I wouldn't be getting to this hundredth episode coming up and having missed a bunch of a bunch of episodes, or, you know, topics that would have been cool to do. I keep I think of stuff like, um, and maybe I'll still have time to squeeze this one in. But like the Indiana Jones apparently has some iconic monkey stuff. Uh, the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz, those sort of things. I just wish I maybe planned it out a little bit better. But I, by the same token, maybe it's cool to have those up my sleeve. Uh, for when we reboot it some sometime down into the future, but yeah, I'm not sure about regrets. I always have regrets about everything. Sometimes I think, and I I imagine some people would disagree with this, but I find that when we talk about movies, I, I the episodes get really bogged down in recapping the plot, and I think that, like it just feels like what's the point of this? You know, I feel like it. It's more fun when we're just riffing and chatting about the topic rather than going and then this happened and then this happened and but i don't know it's sometimes that works well and sometimes it feels like it's it's a slog so yeah there's some fragments of ideas thank you nick uh sarah or sarah rayfield asks is there anything that the audience does during live shows that really annoys you like does it get old to have to pause for a good year oh this is for do go on um 
uh, when we, I've never done a Primates live show. Although I was talking to Evan about doing a live stream for Primates before we wrap up. I don't know if anyone would be keen on that, but that could be fun. Uh, yeah, so there's a few sort of catchphrases. I don't think that happens as much anymore, Sarah. Sarah, uh, the, having a pause for a good year. Maybe other than the lady who was convinced you... So there was a do-go-on live show in London where a woman in the audience thought I looked like her brother and she kept interrupting to say that. I didn't mind. I thought that was... In the room, it was... I feel like it was okay. But yeah, I can see why that might be a bit tedious listening back. Maybe that's more on us as editors. But I kind of, I kind of enjoy some audience interactions. But yeah, I think as a podcast, it does maybe hurt the listener experience and i guess that's one of the cool things about the live streams recently we were able to put them up as episodes we got the the buzz of doing it live and i think people who listen to the recent do go on episodes have said that they're some of the best ones we've done in in ages and i think that maybe that was something to do with the energy of knowing we were being watched live but we weren't um uh sort of having to, to do the catchphrase things and the pauses and stuff i don't know i don't know what i'm talking about but that makes any sense um and then finally she asks uh sarah if you had to choose between stand-up or podcasting which would you choose and why that's a tough call i I feel like they go hand in hand a little bit most stand-ups have a podcast these days and i love doing them both i find podcasting i yeah, the highs and lows of stand-up are a lot are bigger. It can suck sometimes. It's going to be some of the most brutal stuff ever, but also the highs are wild when you're on top of things. Podcasting is just always fun to me. So that's tricky. I mean, conservative, you go, podcasting, I'll just do the thing that I know I enjoy all the time. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough, that is a tough call. And I don't know if I can make a decision on that. But yeah, there's... Certainly pros and cons either way. Podcasting, I never feel stressed or anxious about. Stand-up, I often feel stressed and anxious about. So, um, yeah, tricky tricky call, that one. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the question. Made me think. And, I, I mean, that's the interesting thing about the lockdown. I've had a chance to think about all those sort of things, especially having some time away from stand-up go from some days going oh, i miss it so much i want to be doing it tonight and other times you go oh i haven't even thought about it in a couple of days so and i know different people will be different some people will be like absolutely itching to do it and others might even go actually i realize i don't i don't need to do it i feel i feel better without it so yeah it's an it's stand up it's a funny old world uh makes you feel a lot of things um jared m Schaffer or Schaefer writes how much of Australia have you travelled to? Do you have any favourite regions to visit or vacation? I've been to I've been to all the capital cities, um, and I've been around country Victoria a lot more than anywhere else. But I you know toured around a little bit of New South Wales and bits and pieces of Queensland. I haven't been particularly far north, uh, so FNQ would be interesting to get to. But uh, I love. Um, the Alpine region of Victoria is a place I love to get up to for holidays. Uh, Tasmania, I love to get down to. Hobart's one of my favourite cities. Brisbane, I think, is one of the funnest places, even though it doesn't have that reputation. I really enjoy getting to Brisbane. Sydney as well. I think, I, you know, I enjoy them all. And because it's, it's such a wide country, wide and 
you know, it's the sixth largest by uh, area in the world. Did you know that? Top five being, I think in order, Russia, uh, United or Canada, United States, China, Brazil, and Australia. That might order not might not quite be right, but it's a big, big, wide country. And so you can go, there's tropical areas, there's quite cold areas down south in Tasmania, uh, deserts and, you know, whatever you like. So, yeah, I guess it depends on the mood and the time of year and all that sort of thing. But, yeah, I do. I, I've got around Australia a bit and, I, and I, I quite like it, but I love traveling. I love seeing new places. That's one of the big thrills of working in comedy and, and this uh, the, the podcasts, getting to travel around. It's, uh, it's a thrill, nonstop. Love it. Love to travel. Andy Conduit Turner writes, If you had the power to snap your fingers and release all apes currently in captivity forever, would you do it? I'd say yes. Uh, but the question goes on. Imagine there's a twist here. For the sake of argument, your finger snap is magic, so all apes in captivity, because they are sick, would be healed, and zookeepers, scientists, and etc. would be magically forbidden from recapturing or shooting the apes. Any other disastrous consequences of suddenly releasing all captive apes into the, an unsuspecting world still happen? Yeah, I say do it. I say do it. Hopefully, hopefully you're talking about releasing them back into their natural habitat, not just like outside the zoo in capital cities. Um, but yeah, they're all healed. They're all good. Shoot. I don't know if you're talking about... I mean, it really depends there if you're saying they'll naturally be able to adapt to... A wildlife living in the wild because if that's if you're saying they might because some if if they're not ready for that some of them would just die so that that's a tricky question andy i'd say yes assuming you mean that they'll be ready for the uh, for the wild but i imagine the fact that you're asking the question means that no so that ugh, tricky one thank you andy for making me feel happy and sad all at once he goes on to say, what did you originally study before entering the field of primatology? Do you actually use it in your job today? Sort of. I did a degree, which was double major in criminology, which I do not use, and media and communications, which I sort of, you could argue that some of the stuff I do is in, is sort of media and communications adjacent. Um, yeah, but no, not, not, it's not super relevant, I wouldn't say. Taylor Harris Edgar writes, Who would win in a fight? Caesar's army from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes or the 1966 Grand Final Saints? Whew, geez, imagine that. Caesar going head-to-head with Cowboy Neil. <laughs> it would be, be a pretty good battle, but I'd have to say that uh, the Caesar's army would beat a team of semi-professional footballers from the 60s. Uh, unless, of course, the fight was uh, who, you know, was like sports related. Because I think the Saints were pretty handy on field back then. Harorge Fernando writes, How did Stupid Old Studios come to be? Group of friends decided to start a company. Where did you first meet Evan? Yes, uh, that is basically right. We all met. So there's five of us who were uh, co-directors, I guess. That's me, Evan Munro-Smith, the second banana. And Alistair and Andy from Two in the Think Tank, Tank and Beck Petratus from, well, lots of things, including Gamey Gamey Game. Uh, we all met at 
a student radio and media organization called Sin in Melbourne. And it's a great place. Uh, I would highly recommend if anyone's around Melbourne to uh, and interested to get involved there. Um, you can, I think it's from, maybe it's from 12 to 25. So we all met there and, uh, you know, we bumped into each other at bits and pieces. This is over over 10 years ago now. And, um, but eventually the thing that really brought us together was uh, there was a community TV show that they did called Get Serial TV. An hour of live TV every morning from, I think it was from eight till nine. And uh, Evan was the executive producer of the show. And Alistair and I hosted a season, and the following season was hosted by Beck and Andy. So, um, yeah, and I can't remember the exact details, but I think it was Andy and Evan were tossing around this idea of starting a studio, which we did, a physical, we rented, we got a five-year lease on the studio. We hunted around for a little while. It was a pretty wild idea, really. Pretty young and um, pretty, you know, it was quite a full-on lease, Uh few of us lived there to help sort of um, bring the costs down uh, because we were all working in other jobs and stuff at the time. I was selling air conditioning. And, uh, yeah, so that's how it started. We've moved buildings since then, not too far away, and it's all become a little bit more legit. No one lives there anymore. But, yeah, does that, did that answer the question? Uh, how did it come to be? When I first, Yeah, I think that answers that. Thanks, Haraj. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jessica Gillette, Sheetha. Like I say all the time, but geez, how good are the names of the listeners to this show and the other ones I do? Jessica writes, if you had to choose one song that plays every time you walk or strut somewhere for the rest of your life, which song would it be? Whoa, strutting song. Great question. I, I'm sure I've got a strutting playlist somewhere on my Spotify. I would say, I think uh, Burn Baby Burn. Disco Inferno, which is like an old disco song, would be a pretty good one. It goes for about 12 minutes, I think. And it's a very strutty kind of tune anyway. Who's that by? That was by The Tramps, I think. Um, maybe a Pantera track like Walk would feel appropriate. That's also a very... It's a it's a sort of a slower groove. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I feel like I could give you many answers, but they're they're the first two that came to mind, and I'd I'd love to strut around to those. And why walk when you can strut? I've always said that. Uh, Broderick Henry asks, "When can we expect an ape uprising?" It feels imminent, Broderick. Uh, you know, it just takes one serum, one mystery serum, to spill into the wrong enclosure. And it's all over for us. Uh, and I feel like that could happen any day now. Um, whether it should or not, I feel like hopefully it doesn't because, you know, I like I like living and whatnot. But, um, you know, we've had a good run, humans. 
And Amy Meme Weatherington Rainford. Fantastic name. Really hope that's your uh, name on your birth certificate. Right. If you could live in any other country on the world in the world, where would it be and why? Uh, very good question. That's tricky. I haven't been to every other country in the world by any stretch. So that's a tough one. I, you know, I, I think of places that are maybe... Depends on what, what I'm wanting to do with my life. I'm still trying to pursue comedy and whatnot. Uh, you know, America's sort of the mecca of that. Or maybe Great Britain are two hotspots of the English-speaking comedy world. Uh, America's got some stuff that, you know, lack of healthcare and stuff would be a hard adjustment to make. Like, it's it's definitely a, a weight off to not be worried if um if I get sick that I'll, you know, be in crippling debt. Sorry to get political, but that's just something I would probably have to consider. But then maybe you go to Canada who does have healthcare and also has a strong comedy scene and you can always, um, you can drive. That's the thing about Canada and, and the United States. You can drive between those two. I don't know. It's a tough call. New Zealand's cool as well. That's very close by. Um, yeah, tricky one for sure. But, you know, New York City, living there is, is definitely a dream. So I, I'd have to weigh it all up. Um, great question, Amy. That's, that's what I'm going to think about when I go to sleep tonight, I reckon. That's a good thing to think about when you're bored at your job as well. Uh, who asked that earlier? Jordan, I think. Yeah, where would you, where would you live? Great question. All right. There's more to go. I've, I've, I'm right halfway. So feel free to pause and come back to this. If this is... I'm going to answer everyone because... Oh, hello. I feel uh, I feel like I owe you at least that. Um, Dean Cooley writes, Do you have a least favorite primate? I would say no, I do not, Dean. Uh, I, I think there are some pretty freaky looking ones, but, you know, it's not their fault they look like that. Uh you know, like the ones whose lip goes away almost over their whole head when they lift it up. And I don't love looking at them, but, you know, they were born that way. Can't blame them. Ashley Dickinson asks, oh, no, doesn't ask. Not a question, but an apology for derailing the primate shout-outs by talking to Adrian. Sorry, boss. I have a hard time following the instructions. Hey, Ashley, if it makes you feel any better, you've derailed this uh, AMA as well with a statement but i appreciate that apology very much uh thank you means a lot harry green asks what's your scariest real wildlife encounter ape or otherwise honestly for those outside of australia you probably think i have a lot of them but it really you know it doesn't happen very rare i'm trying to think if i've ever had a time where i've been particularly scared by wildlife i you know, as a kid, I, living in the country, there were a few more snakes around, so maybe that was the closest. I remember one time I was freaked out by the snake in the backyard. I was it would have been like three years old, and I was—I imagine I would have made a real scene about it. And my dad or my mum came out and was like, "Oh, that's a—that's just a big lizard, mate. You're all right." I don't, yeah, I just don't think I've had. I can't think of a time where I've—you know—Melbourne's very urban and. There's just, I mean, you see spiders, but I, I don't feel afraid of spiders. They're, they're so little. Even the big ones are still way smaller than me. Sean Gallagher writes, As a fellow beer lover, cheers, 
I was wondering, do you have a favourite type of beer? I'm an East Coast IPA guy, but also love an Imperial Stout. Well, I'm drinking an Imperial Stout, for those who don't know, is just like a big, it's a big stout. I believe the higher alcohol sort of stout. So they're, I like them too. Um, I also like the East Coast IPA, uh, the, the sort of which is the New England IPA, I'm guessing is what you're saying, the Nipah. I, I like them too very much. Hazy IPAs are great. Um, yeah, it depends on the time of year. It's winter time now, so I'm drinking a few more stouts. But uh, probably a safe bet, if I was going to say broadly, it would be uh, pale ales and IPAs, but I'm also loving some of them fruity go- gozes. Ghosts. Geez, that's a word that I do not know how to pronounce. G-O-S-E. Every time I ask a different barman, they tell me something different. But yeah, I love those. Uh, I'd say, but if I was going to say, if I could have one kind of beer the rest of my life, it'd be probably be pale ale or IPA, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you're going more specific to the East Coast IPA, for sure. And the, yeah, the big stouts in the wintertime, love those as well. Thank you, Sean, for the question. Cheers. Beck asks, so I don't, because I don't edit this podcast that um sip will still stay in the audio cut so apologies for that tedium uh beck taylor writes favorite melbourne pub mine closed over a year ago and i still haven't found a replacement oh the reverence in footscray there was a monthly comedy room there that i did a bunch of times it's a great pub um the owners there, because they used to have the art house in the city, which is another cool pub. I think I'm pretty sure they've started, or they were about to start a new one before quarantine. I'm, I'm a bit out of touch, but uh, yeah, I love a lot of pubs around town. Normally, if they've got a good variety of beers and play some sort of rock and music, they're um, the kinds that I prefer. Uh, Corner Hotel's a great venue. Um, gig venue as I said before you know sort of like a medium to larger bands not larger but you know in the small larger bands in the small scene does that make sense um yes what would I say my favorite pubs oh it's funny it's only been a couple of months and I'm struggling to remember where even my regulars would be um I I really like catfish in Fitzroy I mean, often the pubs I hang out in have a comedy room on there, but that's that's got great beers and cool music, and it's a um, it's a great uh, comedy venue on Tuesday nights. Uh, hopefully, be back again before long. Yeah, so that'd be right up there, I think. Um, the local in St Kilda, another you know, a lot of great beers on and whatnot. But yeah, the Reverence was awesome. I loved the Reverence very much. So, yeah, that kind of vibe. Basically, the reverence vibe with, you know, a few different interesting beers on tap and some rock and roll playing through the speakers. That's my kind of thing. Sean Gallagher, back again with another question, says, if I had uh, the choice to quarantine with any primate, what would it be? I think I Did I answer this before? I said bonobos. This is on a different thread, so Sean wouldn't have seen that other question. But, yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to have to stick with bonobos. There's so many options, and I'm sure there are... Reasons why this is a bad idea, but I also assume that I'll be going to. Am I quarantining with them or are they coming into my place? I don't know if I have the room for three big bonobos, but who knows? Now, Santiago Romero, what a name, asks, 
What's the first thing you're going to do once you can freely leave your house? Yes. Uh, I briefly answered this before, but again, I think it would be something like getting out and, um, yeah, going, going to the pub is probably, what a dull answer, but it'd be cool to be able to do that. It's funny because it's like, as soon as you're able to do it, I don't know if I'd be, I'll be doing it straight away. I feel like when I, I feel confident that, Every, you know, everyone's safe and it's not going to, it's hard to know. It just depends on how the feeling, if it feels like we haven't gone too early on it or not. But um, yeah, that I can't wait to the feeling of being able to go out and feeling like, you know, you're not putting anyone at risk by doing it. That's going to be the nicest feeling, just going out anywhere and just feeling like, you know, looking at people and smiling and stuff. It sounds like the footy's gone for the rest of the year, uh, at least for um, uh, crowds attending. Um, yeah, that's going to be cool to get back to a, a game next year, fingers crossed. And traveling again, although that feels like that's the, especially internationally, that's the that's miles away, I think. So, um, but yeah, I'd love to get on a plane again, get get overseas somewhere. Calvin Parker writes, who made the best animated ape, Andy Serkis in Planet of the Apes trilogy or Rosie O'Donnell in 1999's Tarzan? Also, how good is that Phil Collins song from Tarzan? Fabulous Phil did a great job on that soundtrack. There are a couple of absolute belters, no doubt, no doubt about that. I would have to say, and I'm, you know, I've put I've put this on the record multiple times before, but I'd have to say Andy Circus, even though Rosie O'Donnell does a fine job with that friend, uh, a, a gorilla, I think. It was, you know, pretty good as well. Simon Morgan, the great Simon Morgan, awesome artist. Who people following uh, primates and do go on on social media would have seen his work as we retweet it most weeks. He writes, has there been anything that you won't have time to talk about on primates that you would have liked to? Yeah, well, I think this first time around, the first that come to mind are in Indiana Jones, The Wizard of Oz. Um, I'd love just having done the original Planet of the Apes last week. I now want to, I'd love to go through those sequels from the original run. They sound wild and I I would really enjoy being able to do those. Uh, there's heaps of others, other other bands. I think, um, you know, we did the Monkeys and the Gorillas. Uh, you know, there's other bands that we could have done, Arctic Monkeys. I, I enjoyed those music episodes as well. So, yeah, there's still a bunch there in the, in the, um, in the bank to go back to down down the track hopefully declan greville asks if you could create a primates based music festival who would be on the bill past or present uh, personally i'd love to see headliners being gorillas the arctic monkeys and the monkeys for old time's sake honestly uh you've you've taken three of the big ones there who else would you have on um i know there's the there's one of the members of corn his name monkey i think uh, would you have them on the lineup though? That's that's another question. Uh, I'm trying to think quickly. Why can't I think of other bands that have primates in their names? Damn it! Uh, I think you've you've nutted it. Sorry, Declan. <laughs> my brain's not working quick enough. But they're they're the three ones that would have come to my mind first as well. Simon is back for another question. He says. When was the last time Matt was completely clean shaven? 
And has Evan ever gone full beard? Evan definitely has gone full beard before. Uh, or at least, you know, I reckon a, a month or two's worth. And uh, it comes out nice and ginger, as it should, as any real beard does. Um, last time I was completely clean shaven, I think was that I, I remember, I remember six at my birthday, I dressed up as Bruce Springsteen at a birthday party. And I shaved for that. It was just after I got back from America. So I remember that pretty well. Maybe I've done it once since. I, back then, it's funny because beards only relatively recently have become socially acceptable. You know, in the last five or six years. You know, it comes in waves, comes and goes. But uh, there was a wedding I was in, in a groomsman. I was a groomsman for a wedding. And, uh, yeah, I said, oh, you know, I, you wouldn't even bother asking now because... They wouldn't give a shit, but back then I said, oh, do you, do you want me to shave? Are you happy for me to keep a beard or whatever? And they were like, oh, if you, I'd prefer you to shave if you can, which is a wild idea now. And you'd be like, fuck off. But um, I asked the question, so why am I telling them to fuck off? Uh, so they, yeah, and I'm like, all right. It didn't worry me, but yeah, those photos are fucking woeful. <laughs> real, real bad. Some of the, yeah. Um, I mean, that's my face I'm talking about. But, yeah, it's it's no good under there. So, all uh, better to keep it covered up. Stephen Jones asks, if you had to choose any other animal order, such species to a pot on, what would it be? Uh, well, I think, I wish I could remember who suggested it, but Marsupi Pals has got to be the one, right? And uh, Just James, that is what the pun name would be. Um, but... Yeah, what else could there be? Could you build one around uh, orcas from the Free Willy franchise? Might be relatively short run. Sea animals, you could call it, you know, some sort of under under the sea little mermaid spin-off thing going on. I'm not sure, but yeah, I think the I think the marsupials would be fun. There's a few kangaroo films, Kangaroo Jack. I think they're all I imagine they're all awful too. Although Rocco's Modern Life holds a special place in my heart. Nick Fidian writes is there a frequently requested show or film that you have little or no interest in covering um there are a few that i've never heard of but we normally do them if enough people ask you know like uh zubimufu or whatever it's called i'd never heard of that so i didn't really have any interest in it because i didn't know it uh but enough people asked i ended up going all right let's do this um yeah, Curious George, a few people have asked. And uh, if, if we were still going for a little bit longer, we probably would have got to that. Um, yeah, but, you know, normally I'm like, I'm up for whatever. Pretty chill about it. Ronan O'Neill, if you had to remake one of the films or TV shows covered on the show, which would it be? Only allowed to use yourself and previous guests. I feel like any of the good ones I wouldn't want to re redo and recast. You know, why would you? They're already good. Uh, maybe it would be fun to do one of the MVP films. Most vertical primate could be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know who you'd get in the chimpanzee role. Probably someone like Alastair Tremblay Birchall. I think he'd be a great chimp. Alastair Chimplay Birchall, more like it, am I right? But yeah, I think that'd be fun. Uh, Liam Tasker, which primate would you most like to hug? Hmm. The orangutans have got great hugging arms, I think. And uh, I think they'd see me as friend, not foe, because of my ginger face and hair. 
Detective Herbert Covington, one of the great uh, listeners. You're all great listeners. Why did I try and put someone ahead of the rest? Anyway, Detective asks, you've given the opportunity, you're given the opportunity by James Gunn to curate the track listing on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. What tracks are going in there and why? Uh, I mean, I love this question, but without notice, it is trickier for me. Um, I They're sort of usually classic songs from, I don't know, what what's the era? I guess it's 80s, is it? 70s, 80s? I'd love to have some Aussie stuff on there. Be real fun to have some tism, defecate on my face, or um, you probably couldn't get away with that, to be honest, but maybe um, what's one that, maybe Martin Scorsese. It's already very cinematic, singing about Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro, and that's super catchy tune. I'd love to have some chisel on there. Maybe what's one of their poppier ones? Um, like My Baby, so one of their catchy poppy tunes um who else uh belinda carlo how could you go wrong with uh, leave a light on banger that is a pop rock banger i don't know how many tracks you're expecting me to pull out here detective send me a tweet or something and i'll get back to you with a full list give me give me more uh stipulations or whatever tell me how many tracks it needs to be and uh, if there are any other rules Send me a tweet and I'll reply after giving it some thought. Robert Farley writes, if you could choose between Dr. Zayas or the librarian as an Australian PM, who would you have? Uh, Dr. Zayas is kind of a bit evil and, um, I mean, you know, he's not that dissimilar to maybe what some politicians are like. Uh, But um, the librarian, I don't know as much about, but I'd have to choose it if they're the two options because uh it's not a better the devil you know scenario i think the librarian might be all right maybe he's just a bit cantankerous but i think he's i think he's a he's an all right character uh and then sorry follow-up question which primate from fiction would win a dance-off well i think uh the simpsons if it taught us anything that dr sayas uh was it Dr. Sayers doing the break dancing, but any of those characters from the Simpsons one, they could really, they could dance. They could sing. Um, I'd even eat skin. Wait, okay. Uh, thanks for the finally saying, this is more of a comment, I think. Thanks for the great shows and excellent guests. 100 per- uh, perfectly ripe bananas out of 100. That's a very kind score. I'd even eat the skins and wear them as a little hat. You'd eat the skins or all wear them as a little hat. Is it? Is that weird? Uh, yes, it is, but I'm going to allow it. Kaylee Ann writes, do you think non-human primates have mental health problems? Picturing a monkey at anger management class and it's going terribly. I think they definitely do. From, you know, what I've, the little I've learnt from Erica, they definitely do have mental health problems. Uh, they feel anxiety and that sort of stuff. I think bubbles, I think we learnt that, yeah, it took a while to get over some of the past traumas and whatnot um so yeah i think that i think that's i think that's relatively proven um but geez a monkey at anger management class going poorly that's that's a fun scene to play out i'd love to see that cartoon troy vinton brown love a hyphen name uh, writes any tips for lockdown i've officially been 
furloughed as of today, and my work was keeping me very busy for the last couple of months, but now I have time for things and try to limit beer to the weekend. Yeah, I've been, I mean, it probably doesn't seem it, but I've been trying to, I've limit beer to not too many a week as well, because that, yeah, that feels like a real, a real trap, um, being, you know, stuck at home that uh, if you like a beer or two that it could get out of hand. So, yeah, I, I made rules about only a couple times a week and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, my tips, I think getting into a routine, having goals each day has helped me. I've uh, had new goals and worked towards them and having uh, setting those goals and just having a routine to work to them. But I would also say, Troy, that it's the kind of thing that is going to be different for everyone, but that sort of thing, a bit of root, bringing it, you know, enforcing a bit of routine for yourself has definitely helped and making sure if you can getting outside and getting some vitamin D and that sort of stuff as well, going for a walk, if you're allowed, that's been a big help for me for sure. Uh, Kalina writes, what do you think the next stage of evolution for humans and apes would be? Uh, will apes get less hairy? Will humans just die off altogether and leave the earth to the animals? I think there's maybe there's some chance of that, but I imagine if that happens, we'll have taken out a few of the animals with us, and it'll be interesting to see how the Earth sort of uh, comes back after that. You know, it'll heal, and someone else will come up and probably fuck it up like we sort of have. Uh, yeah, you know, like the crabs. You can imagine the crabs if they get the run of the show, they're not going to make all the best choices either. Yeah, I do. the next stage of evolution for humans, obviously, uh, flight, um, you know, our, not in a plane, but ourselves will just be able to jump and then fly in the air. I think that's the next step. That can't be fun. Every few generations, there's a big leap forward or something like that. I, I remember hearing on the X-Men. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I get it. I want to be able to fly. Santeri Raikkonen writes, would you consider revisiting Bedtime for Bonzo? The original episode was a bit off as you watched the wrong flick. Uh, yeah, maybe one day. We I mean, we watched the whole second one and then a chunk of the first one from memory. And I mean, would you? do you really need us to go back and watch that again? I, I would do it. Remind me when we come back again. I, yeah, I imagine it's a real good film as well. I thought it was another episode. I had a lot of fun recording. Oliver Petter Platt. What will you be doing during your time off from primates? I think I sort of, yeah, I'm, uh, I think, yeah, just these other projects um, that I mentioned before. Um, but yeah, I feel, it already feels like that all the time I'm going to save has been filled in with other stuff already. So it's sort of, even though I'm at home in lockdown, I'm starting to feel the, uh, the buildup of projects happening. Which is fun and good stuff as well. Because, I mean, I've, I've got all this time back from not uh, doing stand-up at night and that sort of thing. But, yeah, it's like, you know, Sally's No More Gaps. It, it, stuff just feels whatever time I allow. Adam Norman, uh, if you had the chance to communicate with a primate, like really communicate with them, what would you want to know about them and them about you? Um, I'd love to know... If they were okay, I'd love to know how they feel. You know, what are they? What are they think? What are they thinking? What are you? What are you? What's going on in there? What are you thinking in that brain? Uh, and yeah, 
I I guess I just want to get to know them really, and let and let them know me too. What a beautiful moment it would be, David Hayden. If you had to self quarantine with a primate in close quarters, which would you choose? This is a popular question. I'm sticking with bonobo. It feels like I'm being grilled by a good cop, bad cop, and you keep you're trying to trip me up. But I'm sticking with the bonobos. Sheehan writes: Could Fraser Gehrig beat up an ape in a fight? How many apes? Okay, Fraser Gehrig, the G train, was a huge hulking full forward for the Saints, and uh, I don't think he could beat up an ape. I think no human probably could, but if if any human was a chance, it'd, he'd be right up there. I think, yeah, he, yeah, he, he definitely, you know, has some of the right attributes. He's just a, he's a hulking man. Uh, or at least he was. I haven't seen him in a while. Patrick Ward writes, since Primates is going on hiatus, have you thought about what you might bring it back for a special episode now and again? Uh, I, a new film or TV show. And is who knew it with Matt Stewart still going to replace Primates? Uh, yes, I think I think that's going to happen. The Who Knew It with Matt Stewart, and I, I'm definitely up for coming back for a, a special here and there for sure. I, in my mind, I'm thinking uh, getting Jack Druce back to do Kong versus Godzilla later in the year, and even if we um, are able to get our film up, uh, which we've what do we call it? It was um, uh, something like Big Vampire versus Count Kong. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, but yes. And Patrick also asks, is there any comedians that you would consider an influence on you and wanting to be a comedian? And if Evan is actually there, he isn't. I'm sorry, because he's a robot. <laughs> but that's, Patrick said, are there any robots or computers that have influenced him? Oh, I could say yes, definitely. Some of the classic computers and robots did influence him. Comedians, I'd say so many comedians. The, uh, I think... Anthony Morgan in Australia when I was a kid. I remember he was the first one that really made me excited watching TV. I'm like, holy shit, what's, what's going on here? He was on a great debate. And I would have been pretty young. It was the early 90s, early mid-90s. Um, Greg Fleet in Australia as well. A lot of Australian... A lot of my favourite comedians are Australians. Uh, in more recent times, uh, Rory Scovel in America... I, Really enjoyed his special from a couple of years ago. Um, uh, David Quirk's a, a big fan of, an Aussie comic as well. Yeah, I don't know, long list. Be a long, long, long list of comedians who inspire me. Uh, but the ones that early days, yeah, Anthony Morgan was a big one. Sean McAuliffe, he wasn't a stand-up, but his uh, comedy was a big influence. I don't I imagine you... If you're familiar with Sean, uh, his work. Sorry to call him by his first name there. I do not know the man. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if there'd be any obvious influence, but he was definitely one of my favourites growing up and still is. And the wild thing is now that um, my friends Al and Andy work for him and write for him, so that's pretty surreal. Uh, John Cole asks, what are some of your favourite non-primate films? Oh, cool. I was thinking about this recently. With Nail and I is a classic. Is one that came to mind when I was talking about that. Uncle Buck, another classic. Um, uh, Get Out, it's an awesome film from a couple of years ago. Uh, the King of Kong, that sort of is primate related, and we did talk about it on the show, but that is, that's my, one of my favourite documentaries. 
ever. Dig, another doco, music doco that was pretty great. About the Dandy Warhols and the Brian Jonestown Massacre um, coming up together. Going off in different directions. Um, heaps of films. Jeez, I, but yeah, they're some, they're some of my favourite non-primate films, John. Tim Liggett asks, what's the most surprising primate fact you've learned doing this podcast? Okay. I mean, the fact that there's more... I think early on I thought you could probably go back and listen to the early episodes. I'm sure I would have said this on the show, but I reckon I thought there were apes and monkeys and that's it. So finding out there's a whole third cutie pie segment with lemurs and all these sorts, that... I found very surprising and still sort of blown my mind a little bit. Um, yeah. But I imagine most people are like, uh, yeah, there's cutie pie primates. Everyone knew that. Just James writes, hope that's your real name. Have you seen Monkey Fist and his monkey ninjas from the Kim Possible cartoon? Monkey Kung Fu Matt, Monkey Kung Fu. No, I have not, but that sounds great. A uh, place to hang your cape? Monkey Kung Fu. Place to ca- uh, hang your cape rights. What was your favourite film or TV show that you watched for primates that you never would have watched otherwise and least favourite? Oh, I'd have to go to the go to the bloody list. Um, <laughs> bad when you have to Google your own fucking show. But let me see if I can do this quickly. Uh... Yeah, ones I, I mean, so many, there's so many I wouldn't have watched. I never would have watched the King Kong films, I don't think. It feels like eventually you, you come across, oh, Kubo and the Two Strings, I never would have watched that, that was sick. Uh, I, I really did like the King Kong films, even though I probably wasn't that kind about them on the show, but I, I did enjoy them. Um, what did I, I, I didn't particularly like what did Jack do, but I, you know, that's what it, it, it was what it, it was sort of thing. Uh, uh, what else we got here? Would have seen most of them anyway. Pirates of the Caribbean. I thought that was, that was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I actually, yeah, quite enjoyed that and I wouldn't have watched it if it wasn't for this show. I mean, the, the MVP films were, pretty awful but there was all kind of something fun about that as well you know there was they kind of again that's they sort of are what they're meant to be i think but yeah hopefully that kind of answers that question dave burden says are ipas oversaturating the craft beer scene if they have if they are they have been for a long time it feels like there's been a movement away from them if anything it feels like there's more variety now than a couple of years ago when it felt like everything was ipas now it feels like I feel like the sours have been on the up for a few years and that most brewers will have one or two options there as well and maybe like some of them have one or two IPAs I mean there's an Australian brewer that does only IPAs but for the most part most brewers will have a pretty good range I think and maybe it doesn't affect me as much because I like IPAs but it doesn't feel like they're oversaturating it to me Although I know that that was a bit of a worry a while ago, especially uh, with them just going super hoppy, uh, which I also kind of like. But yeah, if you if it goes too far that way, then 
it gets pretty boring and it, you know you lose your sort of every, every it's hard to drink anything else afterwards and be like i can't taste this my, my mouth has been ruined by hops robert Chimenti, great name asks do any of your does any of your talent come from the back lock like samson receives strength from following vows to god in the bible I know you receive a boost from the dulcet tones alone, but would you say that the rest mere gifts or gains? This has got to be a quote from something, and I wish I knew what it was, because I'm I'm imagining you're listening to me like a fool right now. Uh, does what is it, or do you just write in beautiful poetry? Uh, that that's possible as well. No, well, that, that quote does not come up on the internet. Okay. Damn it. It's just me not being able to understand your flowery, beautiful writing. Uh, what is the back lock? I don't even know that. I'm so sorry. What is the back lock? Uh, well, Locky is a 2013 British-American drama film written and directed by Stephen Knight. So maybe it's that. Sorry, I don't think I can answer, but I'd say yes. Wait, what was Samson? Sam- is Samson the one who had the strength from his hair, right, in the Bible? So maybe you're talking about my hair or beard? Then yes, I get a lot of my strength from those things. Um, Drew Pisner, you can invite three primates from history and or fiction to a dinner party. Who do you invite? Well, this is going to sound um, maybe... Uh, a bit rough, but I'm going to stick with uh, talking primates from fiction, just because you know I like I do like to chat. Um, so I'm going to say Caesar. I'm going to say. Uh, can I say Maurice also from the same films? And then, uh, if I was going to pick one more, maybe I would go with uh, Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. And I know he can't talk, but he's a character. Deny me that. T. Fazakas says, there's not too many more of these as well if people are... Well, I mean, you can see how long it would be to go. T. Fazakas says, did anyone in your inner circle question that a post-9-11 podcast about apes and popular culture would ever reach 100 episodes? And how do you plan on rubbing it in their face? Yes, they all did. I think a lot, but like, they didn't think I was being serious. Which I thought was the fun part of it, was doing a thing that sounded like a joke, but actually doing it. And I know a lot of people have done that anyway, but yeah. I've had a lot of fun doing this podcast, and um, I won't rub it in anyone's faces. I think a lot of those people have since been on the show. (laughs) So uh, they've already kind of, they've rubbed their own faces in it. But I love the idea, Mr. Fazakas, and I love your name. Marcos Vasquez, talking about great names. If you had a chance to play any non-human primate in a movie, who would it be? And why is it the detective chimp? Uh, yeah, the detective chimp would be a lot of fun to play. He'd also be a great house guest, I think. Depending on the version of him, I suppose. P.S. I've contacted my lawyers and will be countersuing you for the name rights for my children's book, Primates, as you and your boardroom of monkeys have taken too long. You'll be ruined. Damn it. All right. You've got it. You can have the names. I'll write it. I'll write it over to you. I don't, yeah, you wrote a book called Primates. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna give it out to you on loan, kind of like the Spider Man thing. I haven't looked at the small details, but that feels okay. I just want to get most of the money from it. Is that too much to ask? Miguel Acosta, what movie not featuring any non-human primates would you improve by adding a human uh, by adding a primate to the main cast? And which primate? I would add an orangutan to the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yes, I can't beat that. He says if there is an ape that lives its life a quarter mile at a time, it's the orangutan and it's familiar. Miguel, I can't top that. I think that's fantastic. Um, all right, I'll think of a film, uh, Home Alone, and I'll replace one of the wet bandits uh, with a chimpanzee. That's fun. Um, or what if one's a chimpanzee and one's a gorilla? So you change uh, the Joe Pesci character to a chimp, so the brains of the operation, and um, uh, Stern... Daniel Stern, I'm going to say, change him to a gorilla. That's fun. I love it. Love that idea. Thanks, Miguel. Two final ones. This one's from Sophie Shooter. Great name. Are there any beers you could recommend for someone who doesn't typically like beer? Uh, yeah, well, it depends on what you do like. I had one earlier tonight that was a, um, it was sort of based around uh, a spritzer. Uh, it was called like an Aperol spritz. If you like that, then this beer was pretty nice. The sours, I think, are, are not very beery beers, and some of them quite fruity. Uh, I forget where you're from, Sophie. If you're in Australia, and you do like fruitier kind of drinks, uh, there's a great one out of Brisbane called uh, the Three Beacons Seven Bells, and it's a passion fruit goza, and it is delicious. If you like passion fruity sort of stuff, it's that's a cracker. That's that's a banger. But yeah, if you message me and tell me the kind of stuff you like, I might be able to give you a tip on something else and also where you're from because my knowledge doesn't extend super far past Australian stuff. Um, but maybe yeah, the styles I could talk about. Um, also, this week has been the hardest for me since this all started. So I've been making sure to check in on people. So how are you doing? Oh, that sucks, Sophie. I hope you're... Uh, doing okay since writing that. Uh, yeah, I it's been a roller coaster. Um, I think I've been pretty lucky in general with uh, my situation, and um, yeah, I've been able to. Uh, you know, it, it's been a bit up and down with you know um, how I've been feeling in my head, but I think in general I've been pretty lucky that I've I've been able to um, find. A couple of different avenues of work to cover some the money stresses, which I know has been harder for others, a lot of other people. Um, and uh, yeah, just I don't know. It's just like it's a huge weight to have on you that the whole world is going through this, and thousands of people are dying every day. So yeah, you go through the waves of um, thinking about it and not thinking about it. But um, yeah. Hopefully you're all right, Sophie. Thanks so much for asking, and sorry about that weird rambling response. But uh, yeah, in general, I'm I'm okay. Uh, thank you very much. And finally, Catherine Barn writes: Can you start a new podcast with Erica Fleury? Uh, maybe branching out from primates to pets, sanctuaries, destruction of habitat, and finding people who are saving habitat, etc. I mean, that's a cool idea. Maybe yeah. Maybe that's a, a messenger about doing like a 
a limited run podcast about that sort of stuff. That could be really cool. Um, it's a great idea, Catherine. Thank you so much. What a beautiful note, a thoughtful note to finish on. Um, thanks so much for joining me, everyone. How long has this been going for? I caramba, an hour and a half of me just sitting and talking. I do apologize. Uh, I'll get this out now. So you're, if you're hearing this, I've already got it out. You don't need to hear that. And um, yeah, thanks so much for joining us here at the Primates Podcast. Um, it's a bit of a different episode. I'll save the uh, Patreon shoutouts and that stuff, sort of stuff for um, next week when we've got some guests in again. But um, as we always say here at Primates Podcast, champion the dick, buddy, buddy boy. That's hard. I really put the guests on the spot and... Um, yeah, I feel for him now. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.